<laughs> and we are live for part two of Deck Talk with your hosts, Greg and John. The sun is now set. The lights are on. The beer is continuing to flow. And we're still standing. Imagine that. We're trying to figure out which beer we're on. Don't mind us. So, before we were rudely interrupted. Oh yeah, that's right. At the end of the last episode, we were, uh, we have no idea who those people were. All right. Strangers off the street tried to steal our beer. It may have been nine years old. But it is what it is. Anyway, never mind. So we're trying to remember where we were. It's a, it's a bit foggy. I think we were talking about the special place in Hill. Oh, that's right. With. Uh, the lovely There's home this, developers. That's right. Developers are destroying this country. They're destroying the whole world. And it goes hand in hand with globalization where cultures are disappearing. Someday, no matter where you go, everyone's going to look the same. They're going to talk the same. They're going to listen to the same bad music. Because nowadays, I've, I've been in, every time I get in the car for the past two weeks, I haven't heard one song that I could sing along to. Not one. Not a single one. And uh, had my record collection not been stolen the last time I was evicted. Of course. Oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'd be able to play a few records. I used to have a gigantic record collection. And this little blonde girl stole everything. She was my roommate. I don't know. She, she uh, manipulated me into being her roommate. This is years ago. Long before I was married. Which was... 10 years ago when, you know, or when, uh, never mind. I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll do this one <laughs> night, one random night. Let's get back to, uh, talking about, it's the, it's the beer talking. But speaking of records, you have to remember that I recently turned 30 and we were listening to what kind of music we enjoyed, you know, we like, and, uh, we realized that I don't think it gets much better than the 80s. 80s rule. I uh, recently got to go to a concert to watch Journey and Def Leppard. And if you haven't seen those two live, please, before they all die. Shuffle off the please, coil. Please go see it. Greatest show I've ever seen in my entire life. But they just don't make music the way they used to. And I wasn't even born during that time. But now the music that you listen to. It's just so much. You go to a concert and you're so disappointed. I feel like the '80s had the the amazing instruments. They had the guitar riffs that just went on forever, and you just felt so powerful when you hear it. But the thing, the the biggest difference between the '80s music, in my opinion, and the '70s music compared to now, is they actually know how to sing. You had Steven Tyler. You had Steve Perry. 
all these amazing voices that just it's so powerful compared to now now there is one anomaly there's one great singer that still exists in this crooked world still no who his name is Mike Herrera lead singer (laughs) of MXPX (laughs) oh yeah and and that I listen to at least once every day but the rest of it I don't know and maybe it's just that we were spoiled coming up in the 80s the early 90s had some Pearl Jam they were they were awesome I love that band Nirvana was great um but the 80s you had look at that huge thing you had uh Warrant you had Guns N' Roses you had Def Leppard you had Journey you had the tail end of Black Sabbath yeah um but it, Black Flag. But it seems like they were so good because they, they had to be unique. They had to have something special because they didn't have social media. They didn't have all these ways of getting out there and being a one-hit wonder. They had to make full records to make it. Great records with more than just one good song. Exactly. And it, it, yeah. Nowadays, literally, it's one good song. And, and it filler. Gets, it gets so overplayed on the radio that then you just you don't you don't like it after about two or three days. Prime example is a band is a I don't know if they're a band or I don't know what it's the uh, I'll call them a group. Uh, the Imagination Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Who I like. I like a lot of their stuff, but the song the only thing you hear on some channels every ten minutes to the point where. I turn it off after once I hear the intro it's like yeah. I'll go to stations that I normally don't listen to simply because it wears it down yeah whereas you can w- literally put a journey song on today tomorrow the next day and it, it just doesn't get old there it will forever be the greatest music ever. like no matter how old young whatever everyone will love it yeah as Ben Johnson once said about the great Bard, he wasn't for, I can't remember, not for now, but for all time, or whatever it was. <laughs> Something like that. I'm trying to philosophize, yeah, six, but I can't. Six IPAs later, and here I we can't are. Think. Here we are. Normally I can give one or two quotables. So. They're all, uh, uh, there's a, uh, there's a board that I write on um, at work, and it, it's I say um, it's a Dante quote. Let's see. <laughs> we'll tell you about it tomorrow. <laughs> we'll let you know what that quote is. I'll let you know in about ten ten minutes if I can remember it. Yeah, but but speaking of beer and what beer does to you, you know, in the morning when you wake up, you know, you, you feel a little dehydrated. So we're, we're going to go ahead and change the subject on how we're going to feel in the morning where our good host, Greg, is, is getting ready to take off to, and that's his, that's his hometown. I'll be flying out tomorrow and suffering, <laughs> but flying. I'll regret every minute of it yeah. at the terminal. I mean, hopefully there's a nice, beautiful stewardess that comes up and kind of lightens it up, lightens the mood, gives you something to stare at as you're suffering through your hangover on your way to Charlotte into Albany. 
with this in the, in this PC world, it's very <laughs> rare. You know, <laughs> they want the fat chicks on too. Yeah, all right, they I just, have a little trouble getting through the aisles, but they, hey, we all need a job, so. I harbor a different opinion on that. We, <laughs> yeah, we hope that the Jack and Coke is available just so we can at least pass out to get there. <clears throat> they should let me do the hiring. <laughs> yeah. Those airlines wouldn't be suffering for money. Yeah. So. You know, it's a weird thing. When you go to the best airline I've ever flown on, which I mentioned the other night, is the British Airways. Because... It's, you know, they don't, uh, there's no PC going on over there. Yeah. And then you get, a, get into the flight going from England to Austria, it's even, it's even better. Granted, we almost died on that flight, and I, I'm not going to get back into it because you can go listen to episode yeah. whatever. But, but I feel like that people need to realize that, you know, we're here in East Tennessee, Johnson City. And, you know, I grew up here, I've been here all my entire life, and my perception and my outlook on the northerner, which is sitting next to me, is getting ready to go back to his hometown, Albany, New York. Well... And the first thing I thought was Albany... My hometown's about two and a half hours south of Albany, but nonetheless, it's close enough. Right. So, being from East Tennessee all my life, all I think of with, with New York is big accent that just is extremely annoying. Which I don't even have an accent. And yeah, right, exactly what Which I was getting, getting ready odd. to say is uh, there are good people everywhere. So I feel like you should kind of explain how Albany is compared to the way that what we're used to here in East Tennessee. Albany is way more rural and redneck than it is in East Tennessee but the problem is that New York has such a perception of being New York City as the entire state, but it's really exactly. not. Exactly. Yep. Upstate New York is dirt roads. There are more Confederate flags in upstate New York than they are in Tennessee, and people don't understand that. When you drive up that mountain road, it's like on every other house. <clears throat> and there are dirt roads. Everyone's in dungarees, beards down to their knees. We've got you ZZ know, Top everywhere. Stills glowing in the, through the pines late at night. Um, it's a different world. Yeah. And, Kids and it, out in the yards with like dog chains around their necks, yeah. big heads. I swear to God, they, it's, there's a road up there. Where the inbreeding's so bad that the kids turn they're pseudo retarded. I know it's a wrong word to say, but the, it, it, it happens. You don't see it unless you go way out into the boondocks where we, we're going, where I'm going. But uh, you know, you get used to it. You don't stop. It's a road you don't stop on. You just keep going. And if you break down, you get out and run. Yeah. And then uh, the uh, um, the top of the mountain is where it's kind of like people from other places go for the holidays or for the summer. Hunting cabins, they're real small, no heat. Um, the running water is just lake water. You drink it through and risk. Yeah. And septic tanks that overflow. It's unbelievable. And I think that's the I think that's the issue with people that have lived in, you know, like I have in East Tennessee their entire life, is you assume that they have to come down south to the mountains of New York, you know, or of North Carolina, excuse me. You know, come to Beach Mountain to be able to ski and 
different things like that, but I mean, from the way I hear, haven't actually been there, sounds like Albany is very much like it is here. It's very much like it is here, just more rural. Mm -hmm. It's more uh, backwoods than where we are. Not Albany, the city, that's urban, of course, but so. 10 minutes outside of Albany is like 1850. And it's an eye-opener for people who aren't familiar with it. You have to watch out so you don't step in bear scat. <laughs> I won't even, when I was a kid, I used to run around the woods by myself. I never thought anything of it. I'm surprised I'm still alive. The place was crawling with like bears, probably wolves, mountain lion, lynxes, yetis, mountain men. And one day we were driving and this guy was like, he was drunk and he was sitting on his porch shooting his shotgun across the road and we just, mom's like, duck! Mm. Pedal to the metal and we all right past this guy's house. Yeah, yeah, I've been been shot at a few times. We we used to enjoy back in high school. We used to like rolling houses, where you throw the toilet paper all over the trees and you know have a good time with it. Of course, somebody wakes up and pissed, and dad has to clean it up. But yeah, I still remember going up a dirt road to a gravel road to a friend's house to roll roll their their trees in their yard, and the neighbor was a uh, Vietnam veteran about one o'clock in the morning he decides to come out and yell and before we could even turn around he's shooting at us we're on a we're on a gravel road so you know he's shooting at you because there's literally pellets of gun you know of the shotgun shell spreading all over right at your feet kicking up the pebbles yeah you're running as quick as you can and he just keeps on shooting thinking that he's back in vietnam apparently so yeah yeah i've been there been there and done that it's hard to believe the things we did when we were younger and we're still making it compared to having our having our own kids or seeing kids these days. Like you just you you can't let them go out anymore. It's just It's way too dangerous. Too yeah. many pedophiles. Yeah. And I guess you can blame the pharmaceutical industry for that. And overpopulation. Yeah. Ugly, stupid people breeding. Like, like lemming, like cockroaches, and then you have what you have today, which is depravity and violent society full of degenerates. But they don't know any difference. See, they grew up in it, so for them, this is it's the normal. For us, it's like, what, what, what you know, what's going on here? How are we going to fix this? We're not going to fix anything. We just have to kind of adapt. Because humans haven't changed, it's just gotten more populated. See, and with media, you see it. Whereas it's always been going on. This isn't anything new. There's just more people, so there's more access to trouble. Anyway, weirdos. And uh, sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I think we're the only t normal people left on this planet. Yeah. And. Uh, fun statistic for uh, going off of that is uh, we're, we're actually about 30 minutes from a little small town called Johnson County, Tennessee, Mountain City, Tennessee, and they have the highest meth rate in the entire eastern United States. Thank God I've never been there. 
Uh, they, so I've been told that two out of three people that you meet in Mountain City, which again is about 30 minutes from here, are either on meth or they sell meth. So uh, yeah, that, that's something else we get to we get to look forward to as they keep populating and have no money, so they're bored. So what else do they do? They breed. And then they come into these new developmental homes that we have here in the city, I guess you could say, in Johnson City, and we get to deal with more of that as time goes on. So it, it can be a little scary to think about, but again, I guess we'll just kind of adapt to it. And the unfortunate reality, the sirens you hear are because of some weirdo who sw took a swan dive, most likely, off an overpass. Texas were coming in on the last uh, podcast about some guy down the block. All right, maybe a mile away. I don't know. Who knows? Who was uh, accused of robbing, you know, some thrift store. And uh, so he was going to take the plunge. And they should have let him. I said, why not? You know. Why not? Yeah. But I guess you can't. If you're, if you're low enough to rob a family dollar, you're, you're high enough to jump off a building. So a good one <laughs> yeah it's a swimming pool man just go yeah, just take a jump go head first we appreciate it one less person to worry about as time goes on so. who knows the world's not ending yet they've said it's going to end since the time of the Mayans yeah. their world ended of course thanks to us Europeans but <laughs> Ours is still going strong. Survival of the best uh, Uzi. Right? They still had guns back then, yeah. Who are the Italians that created the guns first? 1500 and something? Probably in the fort. I bet it was Leonardo da Vinci. He just didn't get any credit for it. He invented everything. The tank, the parachute. Got no credit for anything. Died probably in destitution in France. Like Tesla digging ditches. Thomas Edison steals his idea and makes billions. Oh, humans will never change. Now we have the developer, you know, he's doing the same thing. Mother Nature creates this wonderful land and he rips it off and makes his money and he doesn't live there. Oh, he's down in some sprawling 20 acre property. With yeah. no one around. Oh yeah, and, it, and his everyday driver is a brand new cheap Rubicon, sixty thousand dollars. You know, no big deal for him. But the most annoying thing about it is that he waves. He waves. He waves when he goes by the neighbors of the people whose backyards he's destroying. Yeah. Hi. Hey, I want to be your friend. How are you? And what he do smiles. We, do? we don't wave back. We don't want him to be there, and we want him to try to feel a little bit of suffering that we have to deal with every day. You can't even sleep in on Saturday because as soon as the sun peeks over to the mountain, here comes the hammering of the two-by-fours of the brand new house that the jackhammers and the sad thing is is somebody's going to buy that and the rest of the neighborhood is going to resent and hate that person <laughs> because 
it, unless they have good craft beer, and, and, uh, yeah. and then they'll be welcome. Yeah, if, if they're cool, with, you know, that's a different story. But. but if they have a fridge full of Budweiser, they're out. Yeah. But I'm sure it'll be some hefty old guy with a lot of money, and he'll have a trophy, beautiful blonde wife. That works. That's that's cool too. I mean, I've got binoculars. And I have a telescope. I have a so telescope. we're in good shape. The windows are pointed towards the back of the deck. So. Did we just say that out loud? Oh, we, yeah. yeah. We did. We did. But it is what it is. I mean, we have to suffer, so we might as well live in a fantasy world of hoping there's something nice to look at as we look back at these new development homes. Nothing wrong with a little eye candy. We do. This and this part of the country, which, if you've never been here, has an abnormally large population of beautiful women. It really does. And the best part about it. And I've told it, people about that, yeah. and they don't believe me. And I'm like, listen, you just don't. Under I swear to God, it's it's the most bizarre thing in the world. Yeah, and I think what's even more amazing about how beautiful women are here is they have that thick accent. They they came from nowhere to Johnson City, and they just sound so. It's so hard to understand, and it makes it nice because you just have to <laughs> nod, you know. <laughs> because you nodded yes, they agreed, and they're they they stick around. Yeah, it's like going to Sweden, only harder to understand. <laughs> yeah, but they look the same. It's weird. Yeah, it's a strange thing. I notice it all the time. Every time I'm out. Because it's not like that everywhere. You know, you can go to, uh, no offense, you know, I don't want to, like, throw Austin, like, through the mud. But my cousin and I drove from Los Angeles to Austin simply to meet, you know, pretty Texas girls. And, well, we didn't meet one, not one. It was, we went from, we went to about seven bars. I guess because college was out. You know, they were all gone. They all came back here. You know. <laughs> we stayed for like eight hours. We drove, I don't know what it was, 19 hours in a car without air conditioning through the deserts of like New Mexico, Arizona, El Paso, where there was like a guy lying on the sidewalk with his brains coming out. And we were... All to get to Austin. Yeah. And we stayed for about six hours or eight hours or whatever it was and went all the way back. So they were on their way to look at beautiful blonde women in cowboy boots. With accents. Flannel shirts that were pulled up to where they could see their their stomach and, and cowboy hats. And all they got were chubby biker chicks. Yeah, it was... We were... Disappointed is an understatement. But, uh, you know, of course, you go back to, like, we were in Manhattan Beach, which is not not bad in its own right. There were plenty there. And uh, I have so many Manhattan Beach stories. Unfortunately, due to uh, explicit uh, parental advisory issues, I have to refrain. Well, not only Manhattan, but we've also got stories about San Diego when we were... In San Diego... We were in San Diego. It was there's some beautiful, willing people there as well. In West Hollywood. Oh yeah, that was a weird place. So yeah, California is a melting pot for sure. It's very similar to New York. It's just spread out instead of up and down. Now 
John's gonna have to take over for a minute while I run inside. Greg has broken the seal and decided he needs to go use the bathroom because we're about six or seven deep in the amazing craft beer that we've had and we've had some good IPA. If you've ever been to Highlands Brewery in North Carolina in Asheville, you'll understand where we're coming from. It just doesn't get any better than the way that they can make it. They've got a few in California that are amazing as well. I had one called a golden IPA that just, you know, IPA is one of those beers that you drink and it's just, you enjoy it, but you know that you're going to fill it in the morning. But this one is from San Francisco. It actually has the Golden Golden Gate Bridge on the can, which is awesome. I've never been there, but I plan on going one day. It's part of my bucket list. But it was a phenomenal beer. IPA beer, and it's, it's one of those that you just feel like you can just drink many, many, and then not regret it until you wake up in the next day. So, but yeah, whenever I was in San Diego, I was doing a workup. I was in the in the Marine Corps. We were doing a workup in California in uh, Camp Pendleton, and me and two of my best friends, when we got the weekends off. Our favorite thing to do was go down to Oceanside, California, which is just right outside of the base. So we, you know, we got a, a $22 cab ride down to Oceanside, California. We got dropped off right there at the exit, and we would walk to a place called the Pirate Bar. And we got so, we became such good customers, I guess you can say, and so familiar with that area. And when we went in the pirate bar, me and my two buddies, the the um, this this lady that was there, she was a blonde-headed lady with with a lot of tattoos. Beautiful woman would always start with two long two Long Island iced teas each, and we would drink them as quick as we got them, and then from there we would start drinking whatever we wanted: Irish car bombs. Where was this? I enjoyed Dos Equis. This is in San Diego. Oh. And then we would have a killer night. And as the night went on, there were a lot of other really interesting people in California that would come in and talk to us. And we'll get into that in a different in a different uh, recording. But uh, we would get so hammered <laughs> and feel so good. We had a Holiday Inn that was about three miles down the road, and we would always go ahead when we got there and get the uh, go ahead and get a hotel for the three of us. That way, we knew there was a place to go when we got done. And uh, about eleven o'clock, we'd call it a night, and we would head back, and we would walk as well as we could back to the Holiday Inn and pass out. So we had a. We had a ritual for sure when we were in California, Oceanside, Oceanside Beach on the weekends. So that was usually our Friday and our Saturday night, and then we would recover. We would recover on Sunday and get ready to go back out on Monday morning. 
so it was a good time. But I, I, I miss California. I miss California weather. The, the dry heat, to me, is, is amazing. Being here in East Tennessee, and I went, you know, I've been in Orlando and Charleston and areas like that. Beautiful, you know, beautiful areas, but the humidity just something about being hot, but it's something about being hot and sweaty that I just, I just can't do it. I just don't like it, and I, I never have. I love the humidity. Yeah, I just, if I can go to California, if I can bring California weather here, I would be. I would never leave. There's no way I could ever think of a better place to be. It could be literally 120 degrees, which it was in Mojave Desert when we were there. I was hot beyond being hot, but I didn't sweat. So it didn't bother me. You know, it was no big deal. No chafe. Whereas, yeah, really. Whereas here, or in South Carolina or Florida, it's 85, but it's 100% humidity. You're sweating profusely, and it's just, first of all, it's not attractive. Second of all, it makes your body chafe and hurt. So and then you're waddling around, <laughs> drips into your shoes, your socks are wet. Yeah. Oh, it's, so, it's wonderful. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely wish that I could bring San Diego here. It would, it would be great. So. San Diego, Hawaii. The, the farthest north I ever went when I was in California was L.A. We went to a UCLA football game. They had just beaten Tennessee the week before. They spanked Tennessee that week. So we were a little bitter to go watch UCLA, but it was the only game we could go watch. They are playing Kansas State. Well, we got there, and we walked in. There was a guy taking tickets. We just walked right by him and said, hey. So we got in for free. He asked us for tickets and asked us for money, and we just kept saying hey and kept walking. He never stopped us. So, probably not the right thing to do, but whatever. It was UCLA and Kansas State. Who the hell wants to pay for something like that? So we got inside, and we went to the student section and sat down, and nobody ever said a word to us. We watched the entire game, drunk as could be, and we left. Um, yeah, but there were soldiers Oh, putting their life on the line for the country, so that's... Right. Right, we were. That's a small price to pay I, I for think a that, ticket. Right, which is why we probably just said, "Hey, screw you, we're going in," because we knew in about a month we're going to go to, we're going to be in the desert of Iraq, and uh, who knows if we'll come back home. So we just didn't care anymore. Um, but anyways, we uh, we got done with that game, and you know, growing up in East Tennessee, we're used to going and seeing. Knoxville, you seeing UT basketball football play. Who well, was big? The, who was in the top ten back then? They were. They, they've struggled recently. But we uh, we're used to going to an after party. There's sororities, there's fraternities. There are beautiful people everywhere, and everybody loves everybody. Well, it's not the same unless you're a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> yeah, unless you like Notre Dame and get the hell out of here. But I'm growing to like Notre Dame just because my other host here is a diehard fan. Fanatic, yeah. For some reason. But, yeah, that golden green is starting to grow on me a little bit. But we we were used to that East Tennessee way, so we thought, hey, the game's over. Let's go to the, the frat houses in L.A. So we're driving up through here, and there is not a soul outside. There is no one outside. We're like, what the? 
where is everybody? What's going on? Well, we're drunk enough to decide, hey, here's a frat house. Let's go knock on the door. No one answered. Well, the door was unlocked. We walked in. And again, we were drunk enough to walk in. We walk in, and there's a guy standing there, and he said, um, can I help you? Said, Who are yeah. you? Yeah, we're here to we're here to, for the party. We're, you know, we just won the game. What, what's going on? And he was like, um, you need to get the hell out of my house. <laughs> and we were like, oh, well, we're, you know, machines at the moment. We've been doing a workout for the past seven months. We're, we've learned to kill. We're like, oh, you want to buck up to us? Well, hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, you know, beat you up. We were just drunk enough to think we were going to beat this guy up in his frat house. As we are speaking, saying that, we look up on the top of the stairs, and there's the other 20 guys that were coming down to kill all three of us. <laughs> so we quickly walked back out, <laughs> and they were following us down the sidewalk as we briskly ran away. And uh, the police, we had, oh, by the way, we had a... We had about a fifth of Jack Daniels as we were walking down the sidewalk. Probably not the best idea in in L.A., but... The Beverly Hills cops took it and drank it. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they took one bottle. We had another bottle in our pocket. We threw it. They questioned all of us. We mentioned that we were getting ready to deploy, so they understood why we didn't give a crap. <laughs> and they told us to get, get a hotel and get home because we weren't driving. We were just walking around. So... Yeah, really, really, really weird story. But you know, at the same time, I feel like you know, if I'm if I'm in LA, especially UCLA campus, I just felt like it, it wasn't what I expected. I expected it to just be really, really neat and just a lot of people ready to, I guess, to party really. And there was nothing going on. I guess there's no real school pride the way that we have at UT Knoxville. It's really weird. Now, not all schools are, are the same. My sister went to a school called Lafayette. And as a complete stranger, I'd go over there, and they're like, come on in, man. They didn't know me from a shoe. And, she, you know, she'd be tired. She'd be going to sleep or passed out or whatever. i just go, hang out. Everyone's like, what's going on? Fill me full of beer and... <laughs> I'd stumble somehow, get back to her apartment. I don't know how I ever got yeah. there. So not all places are the same. Yeah. When I was a, uh, despite being a Notre Dame fan, probably wearing the blue and gold <laughs> to UT games, everyone was always friendly to me. I've never had a problem over there during those games. <clears throat> and uh, of course, Notre Dame fans would be very hospitable to anyone. And there's that long silence after that. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. That's the thing with the UT fans, in my opinion, is uh, we're, you know, we're we'll get them next year, kind of kind of folks at the moment. We're we got a new coach from Alabama. You're you know, cool Nick, unless Nick, you're an Alabama fan. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> we got we got Nick Saban's prodigy and, and Jeremy Pruitt. We're, we're thinking it's going to be this year, even master. though we said that last year too. But it is true. Like we have so much pride in that team that like we'll, we'll invite anybody in until you start talking smack about it and then we'd rather you just go away so if you're wearing 
gold and green. If you're wearing, you know, any Florida Gators, any blue. yeah, I was gonna say green and green whatever and orange. It's uh, it's not a big deal. It's it's just you, you have to know your limits. So because we. Uh, hey. This is like world's yuckiest sock. Yeah. I'm stuck in a strawberry and banana. Nice. Yeah, that's okay. Just gotta put them in the laundry. So. Anyways, but yeah, it, I mean, there's no big deal. We we can accept anybody that. What's the thing? Okay. But we, uh, you know, we've been in the, the, you know, the 500 average or below average for the past couple years, and it's been tough with Butch Jones. But uh, you know, we're we're still 100% you know, balls all the way, but, you know, we'll accept anybody that comes in and wants to hang out. I mean, it's just, you know, I guess it's that Southern thing where you got that Southern charm, you know, everybody's a friend until they say the wrong thing and then it's time to walk away. We can have a, we can have a beer together and then it's time to walk away, so, but yeah. Rolling, rolling. So, so yeah, yeah, this is a hot neighborhood, man. People keep coming off the street. I don't know what the deal is. Kept asking us for we selling weed or any any kind of drugs, but we don't do anything like that. We just told them we had craft beer, and of course they they're more of a Bud Light fan, so that's they when, walked away. That's when the guns came out. Yeah, we we told them uh, <laughs> kick rocks. We only like the good stuff. <laughs> so. They wanted that. Uh, yeah, we're a uh, decision or whatever it's called. We just live a simple life. We like porch sitting. <clears throat> we like drinking good craft beer. Not just beer, craft beer. Good beer, not that. Good beer, and uh, we'll we will definitely smoke a rolled, hand rolled cigar anytime, all night long, all day, all night long. Amen. So. Uh, so Greg, you're a you're a cigar smoker. So what do we what do we need to tell everybody that they need to give it a shot here? The non-smoker of cigars. There are many fine, high-quality brands of cigars. First and foremost, you have to know what you like, which requires you to actually smoke a cigar or two. There are different wrappers. You have filler. Fillers have. Um, Flavors, but the majority of flavor that you get is in the actual wrapper. You have the mild, the Connecticut wrapper, and then you work your way up from there. You'll have the Corojo, you'll have the Habano. 
Now I'd say more Connecticut, then Habano, then Corojo, then you'd have the Maduro. And I've seen what's called double Maduro, whatever that is. I can't tell the difference between them. And these are high-end cigars. I'm not talking about a Baki Ka, which tastes like rolled up socks with a newspaper. Okay, there's some really bad ones. Cigars are one thing in this world where the higher you pay, often is the better cigar that you get. You're gonna pay a lot for an Ashton, you're gonna pay a lot for an Opus X, a CAO, a, uh, a Macanudo, and you're gonna get a high quality cigar. Now, if you pay um, a buck 99 or 219 for like a Quorum, or even less for a Baki Ka, which is the worst cigar ever made, it's gonna smell up the block, and people are gonna start calling the fire department, thinking there's like your house is on fire. It smells awful. And you and you gotta be careful when you get cigars. I know whenever I was in Cancun, Mexico, they were selling Romeo and Juliets, and I thought, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to have one of these because I'm sitting here on the back porch drinking. I'm drinking Corona. Why yeah. not have an awesome cigar from Mexico? But it's true. If you don't know what you're getting, you get crap. Yeah, so I got a rolled up loose rolled exactly cheap cigars it literally burns in burn. three seconds like on the left side the only yeah I had half a cigar but it wasn't cut in the middle it was literally one half was there one half was ash a canoeing cigar means a very poorly rolled cigar it's a bad effort and a very high end cigar company if you send them like a picture literally of your canoe cigar and they'll send you like a box that's how much pride they take in their cigars so what what you what, what you want is is a high-end cigar and it seems like a lot of money but you're not gonna sit there and pound it like a like a, a you know a hand-rolled cigarette you're gonna enjoy it you're gonna puff on it they pair well different ones pair well with wine, with coffee, with beer, whatever your poison is, uh, bourbon or scotch, and uh, and you smoke it for a few hours and you enjoy it, and it's worth the eight bucks or the ten bucks. Now, an Opus X is like twenty or thirty bucks, yeah. but it's so smooth. You'll never, you can never match it, and you'll always try to. You know, you go and you smell, and you can smell a good cigar from a bad one. After a while, you can pick it up and take a whiff, and you'll know. Yeah, and and something I've learned from the little bit of cigar smoking that I do is. Uh, if if I'm smoking a cigar, if I ever have a, a bad rolled cigar, you get the tunneling like he was talking about, but also you taste it. It's so much different. It just it just tastes so. I don't know, so bitter almost, but you, you taste it into the next day. Even though you smoke that cigar, you wake up the next day, well, the night before you brush your teeth, before you go to bed, you're trying to get that nasty taste out of your mouth. You wake up the next day and it's still there. So the more, you, the more you're paying and the better quality that you get, not only does it smell better the night that you do it, it doesn't tunnel like he's talking about. It, you know, it's very smooth. But also, once you've, you know, brush your teeth that night, you wake up the next day, you don't have that weird, just, you know, just smoke, nasty smell, taste in your mouth. 
and nobody wants that. I mean, it's just, it's really weird. I, whenever I was in Mexico and I had that really awful roll, rolled cigar, not only was it an awful cigar that I smoked that night, it took me about 10 minutes to smoke the whole thing, which is not a good thing. But the next day, I tasted it for about, I'd say about half the day, I could just taste that nasty, smoky taste. Whereas with the high-end cigars that you would get, you know, you actually enjoy the taste. And the next day, it, it's, it's not there. And if there is any, you're, you're still enjoying it. And, you know, you don't have to knock people down with your breath as you, uh, as you go the next day. And you, you know, you've already brushed your teeth and you've got mint, smoky, nasty taste and smell of your, of your breath. So you, you definitely have to just try different ones to see what you like, but also it pairs well depending on what you're drinking. There's taste testers at different places you go to buy your whiskey or buy your beer. They'll actually pair a cigar with the type of bourbon that you drink or the type of certain, you know, dark beer that you drink or something like that. So it's always... Anybody can be a cigar smoker. Anybody can be a, a craft beer drinker. You just have to know what you're getting into. And it takes knowing somebody for one, but also just asking around to people that have been more experienced with, with the way that, you know they've tried different cigars and they can tell you what to try, and, you know, what your certain tastes would be to be able to kind of match that together. Cigars are the manna from heaven. All those developers that are taking the plunge, there are no cigars there. No. No. We hope that they get a. Really they get a Baki Kadar cigars. There's a Baki Ka down there for them waiting. All the good ones. Uh, those are going with us wherever we're going. Wherever that is. Mm. But I just wonder if, you know, depending on where you're at, you know, being East Tennessee or California or New York, like, is there a certain cigar that, like, that you can get at certain areas of the, you know, where you're, where you're at, I guess. I don't know that there's like a, compared to like with craft beer, where you can, you know, you have Highlands, mm -hmm. you have Sierra Nevada that's just in, just, you know, 45 minutes up north to New York yeah. or to North Carolina. If you go to Charleston, for example, you can get Charleston rolled cigars from Charleston Tobacco. I'm sure the same's in Savannah. Hmm. Wherever they grow tobacco now, if you're in like Boise, Idaho, you're just going to get the traditional imported cigars from wherever they get them. Cigars International or someplace like that. But they... If you go to certain countries now, like Nicaragua or Honduras, now you have to be careful in those places because people try to rip you off. It's just, as John was saying, you have to be careful in these third world countries because they're trying to make a buck and they know tourists, one, have money or else they wouldn't be traveling. Two, they want a cigar and they don't, for some reason, know enough to or they're not familiar, they like cigars, but they're not well enough tuned into identifying 
and it's hard. It's really hard to. I mean, sometimes a really good cigar and a a nearly good cigar can almost they look exactly the same you really can't always uh, identify it well I've had a Romeo and Juliet here from Libation Station and it was great I loved it yeah. that's why when I went to Cancun and they were selling those at the flea market I thought well it must be the same thing especially being in Mexico I figured it would be that much better but obviously these guys were just trying to make a dollar off of me and they knew I was a tourist, so they sold it to me for $5 per cigar. I got three. And uh, after the first one, I decided to throw away the other two because it just wasn't worth it. So uh, I got I, I got ripped off for sure. But it doesn't deter me from still smoking cigars or anything like that. But it just it, it, it kind of yeah, opens your eyes to, to be aware of what you got, yeah. And they'll take crappy cigars and they'll put the good bands on them and you see the band and it's like oh this is a good cigar and Mark Twain the great writer used to have parties and he would he was a huge he used to smoke I think it was like 15 cigars a day or something like that he's a massive chain smoker and he'd smoke all the good ones and he'd take the the rings and he put them on all the bad cigars and he hand them out to his friends and they knew enough about cigars that that was a good cigar because of the ring but it was really a, a crappy cigar <laughs> oh man this is great and he'd laugh and laugh and uh he never told anybody they never knew he always kept it that was his little secret it came out you know later after he after he died I'm sure everyone was pissed off that they smoked you know, they, all their life they thought they smoked these really high-end cigars because because he was a, a into into high-end cigars. He'd get a lot of free cigars. People would send him cigars. He had box after box after box. Cuban cigars, this cigar, that cigar, real ones. And he had so many he couldn't smoke them all in his lifetime. Yeah. Awesome. That would be so awesome. Yeah. That's when you know you made it. Yeah. Well, same with beer. I mean. You know, we, we buy all the different kinds of beers and things like that, but then we know somebody that actually distributes, and he has a warehouse literally just full of different kinds. One of million beer. cases just well, sitting yeah, there. Just just hanging out. He can just go and get beer whenever he wants. Yeah. Whatever kind. Yeah, that's the life. And if people don't know this, there's a lot of money to be made in beer. Prime example, you're, you know, you know somebody personally that distributes and it does quite of, well. Does does really well. You know, the secret. You can make a lot of money working for com a company and working your way up, but you have to be at the one percent at the top. But the people that make the big, 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 big money, the, you know, multi-millionaires, the billionaires. The majority of them are like the, the the ones that have the idea, the entrepreneurs, the one, the guy that created the toothpick. Every you look around your house, everything was invented by somebody. The top of a bottle of Benadryl itch cream, right? Someone invented that, and they're making serious bank. 
So this, I think the idea is to come up with a great idea and my kid came up with a board game, which I'm not gonna say here because I know one of you wonderful people will try and steal it. Yeah. And uh, so one of these days I'm gonna try and, and it's a simple game, but it's, it's genius. It's, it, it would be so much fun. And uh, and she'll do, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll live in the basement when she makes it. But that's what you have to do. You have to find an idea. You have to, first of all, you have to find something that you like to do because there's nobody, there are no billionaires, and I'll use billionaires or multimillionaires that wake up every day and say, oh, I hate my job. None. There's no way you could do it. You know, you wouldn't have the passion. You wouldn't have the the energy. You wouldn't study it. There's there's no way you, you could possibly do it. You have to find something that you're really passionate about and something that you're good at. And usually what you love to do is something that you're fairly good at. And you, even if you're even if it's like a singer in a band and you're not you don't have a great voice, you don't have to have a great voice. You just have to learn to keep a tune. Anybody can learn to keep a tune. You don't you're born with a great voice, but the tune, for example, look at like Tim Armstrong of Rancid. You know, there, there's no golden voice there, but he's phenomenal. It's years of just grinding, practicing, 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 practicing. He wasn't even the lead singer of his band. Listen to him, pull him up, pull live, you know. You'd say, oh my God, but this, of course the songs are phenomenal, so he was creatively gifted. So there's a difference there. But uh, you kind of have to, you just have to go after what you really want to do with a very self-centered mentality. And nine, along the way, people are going to be ripping you down, putting you down, make, trying to make you feel bad because they feel bad about themselves. And you just have to give them the finger and keep grinding, I think, at the end of the day. And after a while, you just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, whatever. You're a loser. There's a great video we were talking earlier about Bill Burr, some heckler. He's like, yeah, you're a loser. Whatever. And just completely humiliated the guy. And he just stopped. He probably left. You know, crawled out. It was all on film. It was, it was amazing. But that's what you feel, that's what you deal with day in and day out. Hmm. Well, we want to thank you all for listening. We're about out of time. And this episode will be available on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Radio Public, Outcast, Stitcher, anywhere that podcasts are available. Pull it up. Check it out. You can send us a video voicemail or you can tweet, Facebook, Instagram, like, dislike, it's all appreciated. We don't, we, we take it all uh, with uh, open arms. And uh, we'll see you on the next Deck Talk. Be there. Ciao. Oh. Woo! For a minute there, I thought I was being assaulted, but that was just myself. <laughs>